Hey friends, I'm so glad you joined us for Women Work and Wine Wednesday, the very first one of February 2019. We are kicking up the energy with Lindsay Litton, an entrepreneur and CEO who is kicking some glass. Lindsay is an example for entrepreneurs and women everywhere to take responsibility for the outcomes that we really want. It's not really about playing fair. It's about doing what you need to do to get business done. She is a military wife, mother of two, and CEO of a very successful company. And she's not even 35. Don't let that innocent face fool you. Lindsay knows how to politically maneuver classic scenarios for women working in a world that's mostly made by men. The way she manages her life, her family, and her business negotiations will inspire you to kick some glass in your own world. We're going to jump right in mid-sentence with Lindsay. Endeavor. So I started Mill Housing Network out of a need. Um, I'm an active duty military spouse. And after moving four different times with the military, purchasing three homes along the way, and having two babies, um, the, need for work, the need for working with quality realtors um, was huge for me. And my ability to find quality pre-screened vetted realtors was really difficult, surprisingly enough. So I got into real estate and I decided out of my own need to create this business called Mill Housing Network. And what we do is we connect military families with pre-screened, pre-vetted realtors all over the country. And our realtors, um, excuse me, <clears throat> something in my throat. Our realtors actually are hand vetted by myself and my business partner, who's also an active duty military spouse, Karina Gafford. And what we do is we ensure that the realtors are either military spouses, veterans, or tied to the military community in some way, way, shape, or form. We not only have a passion for making sure military families PCS better, but we also have a passion for employing our fellow military spouses. Uh, the unemployment rate with military spouses is at 28%. And so by creating this business, we've been able to provide supplemental job opportunities for our fellow military spouses. And Karina and I hope to really put a dent in the high unemployment rate for military families. You know, explain a little bit for the non-military people uh, listening to this, what you mean by PCS. Yeah, and I'm yeah, talking jargon. a little bit of the complexity. I know a lot of the reason why people are unemployed is because the moving around makes it really hard to, to be employable. Absolutely. But. So PCS, what that actually means is permanent change of station. So PCS equals moving. Um, so for the average non-military family, they tend to move every seven to 12 years. Um, and they don't necessarily move towns, but they move houses. Well, for military families, we move houses, regions, sometimes countries every three years. So it's really difficult for us to not only create community wherever we are, um, it's also really difficult for us to create sustainable employment. Yep. Yeah. So the, the folks that you employ through the network are possibly realtors, but also possibly um, just people who are generating leads for you. Yes. So we have a brand ambassador program um, that creates supplemental job opportunities for military spouses who aren't licensed. So they're not realtors. We also create job opportunities 
as assistants, as transaction coordinators, photographers, stagers. There's so many opportunities in the real estate industry besides just selling homes that military spouses can create income from. So not only do we support uh, getting your real estate license and, and going down the sales route, say you choose to do so, but we also understand that that is not the route for everyone. And we, we have other opportunities for military spouses to gain employment. That's amazing. And I know that it, it makes me say, I want to, I want to buy from your people because I want to support uh, our military, but you really uh, market directly to, to military families too, don't you? Yes. So our first wave, so our company is only two years old. We'll be celebrating three years next year. Um, so we're relatively new to market. Uh, and over, you know, being new to market, we've tripled every single year. So over the last two years, we've tripled our bottom line, which is exciting. So our first wave is connecting directly with our community and working with military families that are interested in buying and selling homes. However, our next opportunity is working with people beyond the military community that have a passion for patriotism and want to know how to, they might not know how to support the military community beyond giving to charities. And so our next opportunity is to work with non-military families that would like to support the military community in some way, shape or form, and just don't know how. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, to be totally selfish, my husband comes to mind, he is uh, an insurance broker in the Medicare area and trying to hire more brokers um, in his business. And I said, you know, you need to connect with my friend Lindsay and see if there are any people in the, in the military network who would like to work in insurance because, you know, they may not be good for real estate, but they might be great for insurance. So I, I think it's, it's fantastic for business owners to be mindful about how to help um, our military and those who, um, support our military to stay really engaged in, in their own success. Oh, absolutely. And I love that you, you are now thinking beyond that. And as the CEO and spokesperson of the, the company, that really is my passion is just to educate other business owners about this problem. When I talk about the unemployment rate for military spouses, many people literally like do a 180 and they're like, what do you mean? It's not something that a lot of people are aware of. And as business owners, we have an opportunity to change that. So if I can just educate other business owners on hiring military spouses, then it drives our mission forward. And I feel like I'm making a difference. I love that. It just, it makes me so proud to know that this whole system is in existence and that there are ways that all of us can really help military families to thrive. And um, I could talk about this forever, but this interview is really about Lindsay. <laughs> so I want you to, to, to back up the truck a bit and talk about um, your kiddos and how old they are and um, just address the complexity of running a business, launching and running a business as a mom. <laughs> Where can I start? This definitely involves lots of wine, Donna. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> We'll get to that. <laughs> so um, let's see. Well, I got married really young. I was 23. Uh, <laughs> when I look at, when I tell people that they're like, what? And, and that is um, really the pattern for military families is we tend to get married young. We tend yeah. to get married because our significant other is moving. So it's, 
either we get married or we do a long distance relationship. And, and so we got married young and fortunately for us, um, we just celebrated our 11th year anniversary. Congratulations. Thank you. And I literally looked at my husband and I said, we were babies and I am so thankful that it has worked out for us because, you know, we, we have a great relationship and we've grown together. Like we've literally grown up together. And so it's, it's been fantastic, but for a lot of military families, unfortunately, um, the divorce rate is rather high because of the complexities of being a military family. Yeah. Uh, my first two years we were married, my husband was gone 250 days out of the whole year. Wow. So <laughs> my husband might say that could be good for a, a marriage every <laughs> once in a while. He says, don't you have a business trip coming up? Yeah. <laughs> it really makes you independent. And I was independent anyway. So it said to my need of independence and um, it really does make a relationship. It can make or break a relationship. It really can. And so um, as military spouses, it's, it's a joke that once they get into positions where they're not leaving all the time, we're like, don't you have somewhere to go? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're home too much. Um, but we, it's been a great journey for us. And we've had two kids along the way. I have my daughter, Kennedy, who's seven, my son, Colton, who's five. And, um, you know, I really, I've always been career minded. I've always wanted to have um, a career for myself. And so I spent seven years in corporate marketing. And when I lost my job because of a move, uh, I really did struggle with what am I going to do? And it was the first time in my life I didn't have my career as a continuity um, because my career had moved everywhere we've gone. And so it was, it was a pretty dark time for me. And I think, I mean, I, I didn't know it at the time, but I spent two years really, really depressed. Mm. Um, And I didn't know why. Um, And when I got into real estate, the best way that I can describe it, it was two weeks after really diving in and, and, getting into real estate it was like the lights turned on and the volume turned up and it was like all I just had this epiphany moment of like I'm back um wow yeah so it was I really I joke about it now but real real estate kind of did save me mentally um and I really didn't know how important having purpose through my work was for me and I know a lot of military spouses face that same complexity which is why I wanted to create the business that I've created. That's amazing. And that purpose was something that surprised you because you didn't go after real estate saying, this is what I've been looking for all my life. No, actually I ran from it. Um, and so there was lots of people along the way that said I would be great at real estate. And I actually just viewed realtors as kind of, and this, <laughs> I could say this because I'm one of them now, Yeah, um, but as like, sleazy tchotchke type salespeople. Yeah. And, and I didn't want to be associated with that. Uh-huh. And um, in, in all honesty, now that I've been in the industry for five years, um, it is really a growing industry with an opportunity to really create a massive amount of wealth if you want to hustle. And the, the opportunities in the real estate industry, because um, it's relatively new in terms of people treating it like a business and not as just being a realtor and, and grinding on the sales side, but treating it like a true business. Uh, it's it's one of the few industries, in my opinion, that has um, 
really uncharted territory. So there's a lot of opportunity there still. That's fantastic. Yeah. So how do Kennedy and Colton feel about a dad who's deployed a lot and a mom who works full time? What does their (laughs) life look like? I know. Um, Well, I, this is a, this is a superhero story. This is not a shame story. (laughs) I probably can't say it with a straight face um, when I haven't had, you know, moments where it, I've had non-proud mom moments, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I think when my daughter, so I got into real estate when my son was six months and my daughter was like 18 months at the time. My babies are like 22 months apart. So they're really close. Yeah. Um, So I had two babies in diapers and um, my son, I didn't want to do full-time childcare because I felt like he was still a baby. So I took my son a lot on appointments or running errands and things. And, um, you know, my daughter spent a lot of time in, in childcare. And there was a moment when I remember I was driving on the highway with the kids and my daughter from the back seat, she said, mommy, I really wish I was a client because you'd then spend more time with me. Oh. And so it's, <laughs> it's those moments where, um, and I can't tell that story without choking up because yeah. it's, it's definitely hard. So I think it's really easy to look at somebody and see them as, wow, their life is perfect and they're super successful and they probably don't have these challenges. Um, and yeah, we, we make sacrifice. So I actually hate, I hate the saying when people say, uh, you know, work-life balance or you can have it all. Um, (laughs) I think that's complete BS. Um, Don't you think balance is a four-letter word? We just need to add that to the list. Oh yeah, completely. Because you know, if I'm a hundred, if I'm being a hundred percent mom, then I'm not giving anything to my career. Yeah. If I'm a hundred percent career woman, then I'm not being mom. So there is no balance. Like I can't be fifty-fifty and be good at either one of them. Uh, my John Maxwell team coach last week said something really, really poignant on that note. He said, you can never achieve balance. That means that you give an equal amount to everybody. It doesn't work that way, but you can achieve harmony between mm-hmm. the different areas of your life. You can. I, I 100% agree with that. Um, and I would like for us to stop lying to ourselves as women um, that we can have it all. Something yeah. will sacrifice. And so just be prepared for that. Um, and I think you can create harmony by efficient time blocking. And it's taken me five years to get to a point now where I have the ability to create leverage. So I have assistants, I have team members that work with me, um, so that I'm not doing all things. And I think as working women, the best thing that you can do is get leverage and get leverage quick, which means hiring people. Yeah. Um, if I didn't have my, my assistant, Audrey, uh, <laughs> my life would be really difficult, honestly. And there's nothing in the business book world that teaches women how to effectively leverage their time, especially with little children. Yeah. Um, the rules of business are written for men and it assumes <laughs> that children aren't part of that equation. And so a lot of my business coaches were saying, like, you don't have a big enough business yet to hire an assistant or you can't outsource this yet because you're not at this production level. 
And I actually am going to start speaking out about that because you, as a woman, as a mom, especially with little kids, the rules are different. Yeah. You've got to leverage and you've got to leverage quicker. Um, If not, you can't get to the next level. Like it's got to come from somewhere. So if it's not leveraging in your business, you've got to leverage your, your kids, which means hiring a nanny, hiring a housekeeper, hiring a cleaner, but you can't do it all. I love that you just laid it out that way because it's so easy to say when I make this much, then I'll hire. But you're right. You can't get there if you don't use that leverage and let the people do what they do best. So you can do what you do best. 100% agree. And you can't get to the next level if you're doing, you know, $10 an hour type activities. Absolutely. You've got to, you've got to look at where is my time spent you know, at the highest utilization. And Mm -hmm. that's probably not going to be folding laundry. (laughs) Absolutely. Laundry (laughs) does not get folded in my house. Um, But we're not talking about that. I want to touch on something, uh, two things. One is, I know for a fact that one of the things that you do in time blocking your calendar is make sure that you get workout time. Yes. Yes. This is another thing that goes into that harmony. (laughs) Yeah. Um, you cannot, you'll burn both ends and women do this a lot. And I, I see it in the women that are in my organization and from my business partner and from fellow women that are also running businesses like myself. And um, we tend to want to take all the things on and burn the candle at both ends. And what happens is you get to this tipping point of burnout and my business partner, Karina, and I have seen each other go through it at countless times. And it, it, it does not end well for your business and it doesn't end well for your family when you do that. And so you've really got to take care of yourself and be diligent about self-care time and taking just moments of opportunity to work out and do things that you want to do. Because there's many days as moms, as wives, as business owners, we feel like we've given ourselves to everyone else and we haven't given anything to ourselves. And so for me personally, it's spending an hour running or working out. And if I can do that, then I feel like I've given myself something that I love. Absolutely. And it also helps to optimize your thinking. Yeah. On point two, I know that you end up having to make decisions in situations where things are just insane. Um, I've, I've heard you talk about the way that men treat you as a CEO and, and it's complexing. It's, it's perplexing. (laughs) How do you gain the mental strength to be able to lead as a strong woman in a world that's really been built by men? You got to know the rules of engagement and, um, I will get on a podium for a moment. Uh, so I'm 34. I'll be 35 in February. I'm relatively young. And um, I think with being young and being female, you've got a lot of hurdles ahead of you in the business world. And so as long as you know the rules of engagement, meaning um, you know that you're at a slight disadvantage from the get-go, and you can figure out how to navigate those waters effectively, I think you can better set up your expectations on, I'm going to have to do this a little different 
based on the hurdles I've got to overcome. And it's not going to be fair and that's okay, but I just want to get the result that I want to get. And so sometimes that means getting creative. Sometimes that means working with others to build credibility and build leverage and that's okay. And maybe I wouldn't have had those same hurdles had I been, you know, different or my situation was different, but that's the deck that I'm given and that's the cards that I have. And I'm going to play it efficiently and to my advantage. And so I think once I came to terms that, you know, as an all-female organization, as a military spouse, um, as a younger CEO, that I've got a few hurdles to overcome, uh, then you just figure out how to work around them and get the same result. And it might not be going straight from A to B, like it would have been if I had different situations. Maybe I'll go from a to D and then back to B, but I still got to where I wanted to go. Yeah. That's what I love about the way you operate. Um, you'll, you'll use whatever leverage you need to use to get the outcome you want, even if it's not fair, because you ultimately know what you need to accomplish. And I think that's a great picture of being purpose based in your business. It, it really is. And I think at the end of the day, um, our mission is providing employment opportunities for our fellow military spouses. And if that means that the tool I use is a hammer today and a saw tomorrow and, you know, a power tool the next day so that we're driving home mission and we're actually creating opportunities for military spouses, I don't really care if I'm using a saw or a hammer as long as we're making change for the demographic that we support. Um, and the tool belt you carry is heavy. Yeah. <laughs> as for most CEOs and as for most business owners, yeah. you know, you bear the brunt of, you know, the, the, the decisions that you make impact families and that's a heavy burden to carry. Yeah. Um, but if, if I wasn't willing to step out, if I wasn't willing to take those risks, who is? Yeah. Yeah. You are leading the way and showing us how it's done at 34, soon to be 35. Um, I'm telling you, it makes my heart um, move because I wish I had taken that kind of action when I was 34. Aw, so we're, we're all on different paths. Exactly. You're rocking it. And you must uh, have one more thing in your tool belt. You're bound to have a favorite wine. <laughs> I was thinking about this question. Actually, all the other questions, I was like, oh, I know how to, I know how to answer that. But this was the one question that I spent some time thinking about. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so um, my wine of choice is a Prosecco. Um, <laughs> I, it, for some odd reason, now that I'm in my middle 30s, um, I can no longer drink like I did in my 20s. So a Prosecco does not give me the, the nasty hangovers like some of the other wines. So <laughs> it tends to be my favorite. Um, oh, funny. <laughs> but uh I really do also love an Argentinian uh, Malbec as well. Okay, there you go. Well, um, I think it's hilarious because I'm often saying in my 50s, I can't drink as much as I did in my 30s. So, <laughs> well, then it came over for me. <laughs> it's just, yeah, you're just going to have to dial back from here. But Prosecco, well, that's it's easy for me to know what to get you for your birthday then. Oh, okay. Donna, well, it's been a pleasure. Um, I know that um, we're 
both about to turn into a pumpkin with the top of the hour up. And I just thank you so much for being on the podcast. Oh, Donna, thank you so much. And thank you for doing what you're doing and sharing stories of, of, of females. So I appreciate it. And thank you for having me as a guest. Absolutely, Lindsay. Have a fantastic day. Thank you. Bye, Donna. Bye. I'm so glad you came to join us for this Women Work in Wine Wednesday podcast. Do you want more wine? Check out my wine palace at 360 Life Strategies on Pinterest. If you want more inspiration on life hacks for working women, visit 360 Life Strategies on Facebook. Or you can check out daily inspiration for the working girl on Instagram. Just look for Donna Carlson 360. Tell your friends about this podcast, would you? It's available on iTunes, Spotify, and just about everywhere you find podcasts. So glad you joined us and I hope you'll come again next week.